Welcome to the Melanated Files. In this series, we highlight and share the stories of black people from across the globe. Remember to subscribe to this channel for weekly videos and also follow us on social media for regular updates. Let's get into the interview. On this episode of the Melanated Files, we caught up with Arthel Isom, CEO and co-founder of Diarstagio, the first American-owned animation studio in Japan. Diarstagio, which is entering its fourth year, has done work for major Japanese anime productions such as Attack on Titan, Tokyo Ghoul, Naruto, One Piece, and more. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of The Melanated Files. My name is Ranzo and I'm your host and today we're joined by Arthel Isong. CEO of DR Stagio right here in Tokyo, Japan. So you guys are going to enjoy this interview. You guys know my anime nut. Some of you guys know, some of you guys don't. So Arthur, thank you so much for having me. Mr. Ranzo, thank you. So yeah, the so. first question, right? I want you to introduce yourself. Tell them where you're from, how okay. long you've been in Japan, and why did you come to Japan? Okay. Well, my name is Arthur Isom. Um, I'm from Patterson, New Jersey. It's uh, the northern part of New Jersey, near, near uh, or in Passaic County. And I've been in Japan now for almost 14 years. Okay. And uh, actually a little bit over 14 years. And um, why did I come to Japan? I came here for actually the, let me see if I can give this in a very short, like just concise answer. But the reason I came to Japan initially was because I wanted to work for the art director of Ghost in the Shell. Okay, okay. And so that kind of what sent me on my journey, I guess, to, to Japan. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to give us the extended version a little bit as well? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'll give you the extended version. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure, you know, so your fans, I'm not sure if you've watched Ghost in the Shell. I know it's a really the, old movie. It's I think they out. will, yeah. There are people that are watching that know Ghost in the yeah, Shell. There's a, sure. the TV series, right? There's SAG and everything, Standalone Complex, that's still going on. And then, uh, well, Standalone Complex ended and now they have a newer, a newer series that's starting. And, um, but the Ghost in the Shell that I saw was when I was in high school. That was in like 1997, 98, okay. or actually 1997. And, um, and that was like the movie. That was uh, the first, actually the first uh, animated version of Ghost in the Shell was actually a feature film. And, um, and so it was Ghost in the Shell, feature film. And I had seen that. Mm -hmm. And I was just kind of like blown away. Like how, I guess how a lot of people feel when they watch anime at that time, especially in, in 1997, because at that time we had we had Looney Tunes and actually was that before that was before Looney Tunes, but okay. that was I guess Warner Brothers and things like that. Bugs Bunny, there were kind of the Saturday you know your Saturday morning cartoons, but um, they're very. Although I was I was in high school, but the cartoons at that time they're targeted for children. Yeah, and and the Ghost in the Shell was just kind of out there. Actually, anime in general, right? It's the the stories go all over the place. And yeah, they, you know their audiences also vary. Um, depending on the, on uh, depending on the studio, and then also depending on the story that you're watching, that they, they do have children's versions of anime as yeah. well. But um, but so when I seen Ghost in the Shell, um, I'm not sure. Initially, when I watched it in 1997, I wasn't sure why I liked it. Okay, I just thought, okay, here's this. Um, it was just everything about it, you know was interesting, it was intriguing. Mm -hmm. So when you started watching uh, anime, right? So you mm -hmm. fell in love after Ghost in the Shell, yeah. right? Did you decide to go to university and study art as a result because of that or? No, actually, so I've always been an artist ever since I was born actually. Okay, well. um, I've been drawing like my whole entire life. And so um, in the earliest, my earliest memory of drawing, I guess, uh, was when I was two years old, I drew some, like it was a train and there was a, 
like heads above the train, you know, wow. like, like the smoke, the smoke that was coming out of the train was like people's heads. And I guess it was my family. That I actually don't, I don't know oh, who wow. I was drawing at that time, but um, you know, then I think that's kind of the thing that sends people on their path, right? Like people around you, oh, you're so good, you're so good, and I was like, yeah, I'm really good. Right? And so, <laughs> you know, so that's the thing. And so, and also it was just kind of a safe space, I guess, mm. right? For um, I have a twin brother. And so my brother and I, we would draw and just like whenever we would, um, we, didn't, we didn't have a lot of money. I grew up in Patterson. We grew up in a very poor family. You okay. know, we're on, the, you know, um, welfare and things like that. And so, but that was fun for us, right? Like we were just so, we didn't have toys. We didn't have everything that everyone, all the other kids had. But what we did have was like scraps, leave scraps of paper. Mm-hmm. And so we would just hang out in our room and just like, just sketch and draw and draw and draw yeah. and draw, you know? And so, um, you know, and then, I would I win awards in high school and I won awards in elementary school and, you know, and in college as well. And so, like, I've been always drawing. That's just, that's just the one thing that I, I, I've enjoyed, yeah. I okay. Mm-hmm. So when did you finally, finally decide to come to Japan? Like, was mm-hmm. it after university? You're like, you know what? Um, Why not Japan? So, I guess I, I, had, I hadn't, like... I guess with with animation and my mm-hmm. so my major in college was animation, but I wasn't into anime actually. Okay. Yeah. So I like so and that's actually not the reason why. Like for I didn't actually come to Japan for anime. Okay. I only came to Japan specifically for that one art director. And so I so my kind of relationship with anime is a little different than others who, ah, who come I see. to Japan. Actually, our our um, our um, one of the other co-founders, Henry, like he loves anime. He knows everything about it. And so sometimes I feel like. I should know more about it, but but that was actually wasn't the reason why I came to Japan. I I, I um, I, like I like I like animation. I like mm-hmm. art, and so even within my college, like I, you know, I studied all the illustrators and all the you know the fine artists from the from all the Western fine artists mm-hmm. in Europe and things like that. Like I I love art in general. Yeah, and um, and I think that's probably why I also just became a background painter, right? So that's kind of. Because it's not the characters that interest me about anime. Like it was more about just their, um, their their use of light and shadow, particularly uh, Hiromasa Ogura-san. Like his use of light and shadow, his mm-hmm. use of colors, and um, very Ogura-san's color palette is very muted. You okay. Know? And so though, and also their attention to detail within this this form and this medium, right? And the at that time the backgrounds and things. And like Western cartoons were, they were nice. They're very beautiful. Even Disney's backgrounds are beautiful, but they're still simple compared to like Japanese animation. Like Japanese animation was almost like watching, like you know, it's like they just took a photo of the city and just stuck it in the yeah. animation. But it was still art because, it, which is different than the the medium and animation is starting to change now. Like right now, I feel like there it is just a photo in in in, in the animation. At that time, there was still this thing about it that still separated. It art from reality but yeah okay. it was still very real you mm-hmm. know very tangible and so that is what actually brought me to Japan is because I really liked the backgrounds in Ghost in the Shell and and so when I saw that then I decided to watch all of uh, Hiromasa Ogura-san's um, work work right. and so you know like Wings of Onimaius and everything like that and I was just I would just watch everything and um and Pat Labor and stuff like that. And so and, I, and all of these things, like you know, it was just amazing. And I was like, wow, I really want to work. I want I want to be able to draw like that. I want to be able to paint like okay. that. And so that's kind of what sent me to, on my journey here. And so that that was while I was in college still. And I decided, okay, I'm going to go to 
uh, I'm gonna go to Japan, I'm gonna work in the animation industry here for why well, I'm gonna work under Hiromasa Ogura-san. And you know, and So yeah. did that materialize? Um, so when I, when I, um, I moved to Japan mm -hmm. and I went to a, a, an art college here and when I was in America, I, I, I studied, like I had met some Japanese friends because I, I started deciding that I wanted to come to Japan. So I met some friends and they told me that the best school was, uh, for animation was Yoyogi Animation. Okay. So I, um, you know, tried to go into, I tried to get into that school. I failed initially because I had, I had a, uh, sent a letter, they said they don't accept foreigners. And I don't know if it was that they hate foreigners or anything. It wasn't like that. It was more like they've, they've never had foreigners in their school and they didn't know how oh, to um, I see. how to deal with it, you know? Like visas. Could you speak Japanese at this point? And so I couldn't speak Japanese okay. either, you know? And so, and that, that, that was another prerequisite, you know, right? point. Yeah, okay. you have to be able to speak Japanese because none of the teachers speak English. Mm -hmm. So I didn't take it as like a negative thing. Like I was just like, well, I'm gonna, I wanna go to this school because for me, it felt like that was the next step I needed to take in order if I if I really wanted to work for uh, Ogurasan. So I, uh, you know, so I went to the school and asked, "Can I join?" They said no. I went back the next year, so I had studied Japanese on my own now, and I was um, uh, trying to figure out like practice kanji. And I went back the next year. I had a, you know, made a uh, a notebook that I had a journal. This journal was just essentially just a. Um, uh, it was just full of kanji. Like, okay. I, like I would just practice every day, just with the same kanji over and over and over. Once I got it, then the next kanji over and over and over. And so I showed that, that book to my teachers mm -hmm. at, the, at the school or to the teachers at the school. And I guess they were impressed by just my motivation or dedication to trying to learn Japanese. Because I still wasn't good at it, you know? Like, yeah. but I, can, I, can, I, I was obviously better than I, I initially was. Yeah. So I can speak a little bit now, I can understand what they were asking me. And I had this journal of my Japanese writing and so they were like all right you seem like you're working really hard you can join you can oh, enter wow. the school so then they, they let me into the school and after that I graduated from the school and um, you know and that's like a whole nother story that was very difficult because you know everything was in Japanese <laughs> and so that was really hard all the textbooks were in Japanese but um, you know but got through it and finished you know the school you know, finish my, um, you had to, you know, you make a portfolio and then you, the same way that you're into work and feel in America, same yeah. here, you submit your portfolio. And I submitted it to, um, to uh, Ogura-san, so Ogura Kobo under, um, it was interesting because he had just separated from, uh, when I was in Japan, so at that, I think a few years before he, he had only worked in, in production IG, but then he decided to open up his own studio. Okay. So, so I sent it to, um, to him and he asked me to come out for an interview. So I was really excited because the teachers were like, oh, you know, you have it, you have it, the first interview. In Japan, you know, they have to have like four or five interviews, right? Like, but they said that at least having the first interview is still like the partial way, right? And so I had the, the interview and I was just kind of happy with that. Like, you know, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, yeah. even if I don't get the job, like at least I got to, I got to meet him, right? And so then, like, so I went there and, um, you know, talked about why I came to Japan and stuff like that. And then, you know, he liked my work. And then I, I got to work. I got to work for him. Wow, so, that that's amazing because that's full circle. I was excited, you know, and yeah. And then I, I had a. Like. It was interesting because when you try to achieve things, mm -hmm. the the you know that path of trying to get there is really difficult. And but you because you have this, this goal in mind. You, you can keep moving forward, right? And, but then the, 
the ups and downs along the way are interesting and exciting, and you know some some of them are, you know, upsetting. Mm -hmm. But um, but and then once you get there, like you, you get to the door, you open the door. Um, I guess you would be like some some people might be elated or something. But actually, I don't think I'm actually I'm not like that. Mm -hmm. like, it's okay. not really my personality. So because once I met Ogurasan, I, I I was excited, but at the same time I felt oh, okay. Now I have to choose another goal, and so then my next goal was. Well, I need to be, you know, so all of my senpai and my, you know, my um, uh, co-workers and things were there. And they were obviously really good. And then when I looked at their work, compared to the work that I put in my portfolio, it, it wasn't good to, to me, right? Okay. And so, so then my next goal was like, all right, I need to become a better painter, you know, I need to become better at, um, you know, just everything like... Um, color and uh, or color theory and um, mixing paint at that time the studio the studio that I worked for which was one of the other another kind of determining factor of why I wanted to specifically work there is that um, like I like traditional art I like mm -hmm. art and I wanted to be able to still paint with paint and on paper whereas like in America like you know Disney Studios had closed down all the, the 2D studios are closed everything is becoming 3D and I didn't want to do that like mm -hmm. I wanted to still you know, I still wanted to kind of feel what you know what it feels like to kind of take a brush, dip it in the paint, you know, yeah, the put it in paper, right? yeah, yeah, and then yeah. and then take that in, you know, and have people watch it. But um, so that that was kind of my next feeling, I guess. It was like, all right, so now I'm here. Like, what am I going to do to make sure I stay here? Like, I, I think I was always like in this constant. Uh, like, perhaps that's my motivation. Is I don't know if it's like a fair. You know, because it's not that your common sense of like your common idea of like fear. Oh, this thing is scary. Like, but mm -hmm. it was more like I didn't want to fail. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think like so all, all like I think all people in general, you know, we worry about that like like failure. You know, and then uh, we and that so that that is always driving me. So I think at that time it was just I think perhaps more than even maybe more than excitement. I was actually more like you know, like shoot and like now I'm here. You gotta you keep know, your can, position. Yeah, can I keep my right? position? So you're yeah. Fighting to, to yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was kind of my. I wanted to fill in two things, um, mm -hmm. briefly. Mm -hmm. So in the interim between uh, when they said no the first time when they were trying to go to the art school, right, mm -hmm. animation school, what were you doing? Up uh, okay, until so up until year. up until that time. Uh, so because I, I had I was in Japan, and in Japan or actually any foreign country, you need visas, right? Mm -hmm. and you can't just stay here, and so like. Um, you know, you don't want to be a legal immigrant, right? And mm -hmm. so the um, I had to find a job that would give me a visa because um, I, I that part I didn't really plan for properly. I, I just came here and I didn't have a visa. Okay. So I had to like I was kind of scrambling, looking for work, um, trying to you know make sure I had money to pay for a place to live. And so and then I ended up finding a, um, a job teaching English, which is okay. So a lot of foreigners who come here, I think that's what we all do, right? We all teach English in the beginning, and then so. You know, and then and then I, that was actually really fun. I really liked teaching English. Like I like okay. I like kids and um, and and I the reason I liked teaching English at that time was because it taught me so much about Japanese culture. Oh. I, I got to work at a, um, both for a public school and mm -hmm. a private. So. Um, you know, so you learned by way of interaction with the students and yeah, 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 with the students and coworkers, the teachers. Yeah. I became really good friends with like all the teachers and things, and you know, like the teachers would, 
invite me out to like dinner and stuff with them. One of the teachers even invited me out to his wedding. Okay, wow. And, that, and that, so it's like I learned so much about Japanese culture from that experience. Mm-hmm. And so I was just, yeah, so I was just working and saving money. And I had to, uh, in order for you to have a visa in Japan, you have to you know, work like full time. Mm-hmm. If you work full time, you can, you can get your visa. And, but in order to go to that school, the school was also full time. So that was that was that was difficult because uh, luckily I kind of had a I developed a pretty good relationship within the year that I was working at this the particular English school I was with at and so they you know they knew I really the only reason I was in Japan was to be an artist so oh. they had a, you know we came up with a deal that they would fix my schedule so that I still had to work full time but they they broke up they broke up my schedule essentially so it was like in the morning time I go to work. And then in the afternoon, so I took afternoon classes. So in the afternoon, I would leave, leave, go then to go to school, yeah. do that. And then after school was finished, and I would go back to work and then finish the rest of my day like that. And I did that like every day. You know? okay. yeah. so, so tell me, like, how did you manage school? Because you said it was challenging because all the, all the coursework was yeah. in Japanese. Yeah, that was right? difficult. Like, so tell yeah. us, like, what were some strategies you employed to um, help you through? I am... Um, Made a lot of friends, you know, classmates and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so when they were write their uh, answers, I would just look over and I would just write the same answer. No, nah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Did not do that. <laughs> I actually believe it for two seconds. Well, maybe like one second. One second. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't do that. You would not succeed. <laughs> That's like true. <laughs> now, what I, what I did do, though, is I had to, so when I, when I would get home, you know, so first during the classroom, what I did was I recorded everything that the teacher said. Oh. So that was that was the tape recorder was like my best friend because, you know, they were just speaking so fast and mm-hmm. my ear hadn't gotten used to Japanese yet. Right, mm-hmm. and so I recorded everything the teacher said, and I had to get a special permission actually from the school to do that because okay. they don't want you recording the curriculum and stuff. Maybe so I was just like, um, can I record the classes? You know, I'm I'm the only person going to use this. I'll delete after I finish. And and then you know, so they were like, okay. And so I recorded everything, and then when I got home, I also had the textbooks. And so the, in the beginning, this, this was really time-consuming because Japan has kanji. And the way that the Japanese dictionaries work, like in English, you know, you can just look at the first letter and the A, you know, go to the A section of the dictionary, yeah. and then there's all your words, right? And you can find it, and it's not that difficult, right? You can, look, you can fly through a textbook in, in no time. But in Japan, because it's a picture, the way that the kanji works is you have to count the strokes. And so... And if you make a mistake, you get the wrong number, right, of, of strokes. So, for example, like, I don't know, like Mizu, mm-hmm. right? So it's like one, two, or so one, two, three, four, five. I think it's five. Like five strokes, mm-hmm. right? And then, so you're like, okay, cool, this is five strokes. So then you go, you look in the dictionary to the section of everything that's five strokes. Mm-hmm. And then you go through the five strokes until you come up with your, uh, sorry, let's get one section. <laughs> There's a... So in the kanji, there's a there's the beginning of the kanji. Mm-hmm. You only count. Sometimes you can just count that one only. You don't have to count all of them. Okay. You, you count you count the first part of the kanji, which which is the determiner, determining kanji that tells you what where the, in the dictionary this kanji will be. Like mizu is actually called suibin. It's a determining for almost a lot of words. They all start with that. Mm-hmm. So you only have to count that one section. Okay. And then, so and that was what I did. So I would go there and I would count all the strokes find the word and then look through the dictionary and then once I figured out what word it was I found the picture but I still couldn't read the dictionary because now it's just a whole bunch more words that I don't know and so then I had wow. to like 
Um, so what I would do then is like try my best to keep counting everything, find the next word, find the next word, until it, until I could come up with a word that I knew, mm-hmm. and, then, and then I could then look in the, in the English dictionary. Like it, you know, this was in what, 2004, I guess. So the dictionaries and the translator, Google Translate, didn't exist at that time. You know, you just point your camera at it. Yeah. At that time, you know, there was just big old dictionaries. There were translators like um, or. or they call them um, Denshiji show, like electric dictionaries. They weren't mm-hmm. really translators. They were just electronic dictionaries. And th- those were a little bit better because some of them were Japanese to English. Okay. So once you, you still had to count. And so mm-hmm. once, you, once you, you counted your strokes and you can put the strokes in, but then they would tell you what this word was. So, so I did that. And then I would, uh, I would write, uh, I would just go through the whole textbook, about the whole chapter that I had to do for homework. And then, so that took... I mean, you can imagine how long that took. Well, so, so I'm thinking, I'm like, <laughs> you're working full-time, yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. in school full-time, and now you're doing this. Yeah, yeah, right? so that was like work. It the was like... level of dedication, <laughs> <laughs> right, to actually go through that successfully, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. and then to come in contact with, I believe, maybe your mentor to a certain level at that time? Um, was yeah, he, so... What would you consider? What would you consider? Because I guess I hadn't met him yet, right? So mm-hmm. he, wasn't, he wouldn't have been my mentor yet. But it was the person that I looked up to. I'm already inspired, guys. I know you guys are inspired as well. Okay, so now you're working for Ogresan, right? So mm-hmm. tell me about uh, the transition from working for him to opening your own studio. Okay. Tell me about that journey. Um, that was, yeah, that was an interesting journey. I think um, working in Japan, like it's, 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 you know, it's difficult. It's not, uh, it's not as easy as other other countries, I think, or other as America. Mm-hmm. And so we were working, but I really. I don't know. I, I guess I enjoyed working for Ogresan. I probably would have stayed there forever if I could. But, um, you know, but at the same time, I still had my own internal kind of wants and things, right? Okay. And, um, you know, one of the goals and passions of my brother and I was to always start a company. We always wanted to start a company. Okay. And then it came up where I met um, one of the other co-founders. His name is Henry. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, we were we were just always talking, like you know, like it'd be cool if one day. Well, what do you want to do? I want to start a company. What do you want to do? I want to be a director. What do you want to do? like? You know, people yeah. just talk about the things you want to do, and then um, you know, the opportunity presented itself where it's like, oh, like we can start a company now. Like, are you ready? Kind of thing. And then, you know, you're never really ready for things like that. We just kind of have to decide, right? And so yeah. it's just like, all right, I guess it's time to to stop painting backgrounds and then you know focus on trying to. Um, start a company. So there are four co-founders, um, my brother you know, and Darnell Isom, and Henry Thurlow, who's a director, and uh, Ayako Nagata, and she's our, um, our executive assistant. Okay. So, yeah. So you're the CEO. Yeah, CEO, yeah. Okay. So the transition, right? So from mm-hmm. the background, you're like, we need to do something. You all came yeah. together and you started. Yeah, because we, we were working on this, uh, we're, our first animation that we did at the studio was... Um, uh, was Indigo Ignited, mm-hmm. and initially I was doing the, um, you know, so um, initially we, that, that was the first production, we had all kind of met together and we were working on this, and then we just kind of went from there, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was the, the startup like? You started, now you're moving from working with someone to mm-hmm. starting your own company. What was that like, you know, finding a place, um, deciding on, you know, the name, all of that, like, was that, that a lot of work? That's a lot of work. Um, I think... Particularly because we're in another country too. Like, mm-hmm. it's not in, in, like in America, I think you can just like go sign a piece of paper. Like you choose the biggest thing in America is just choosing where which state you know you want your, your company to be registered under. Everyone chooses Delaware or something, like that. <laughs> you know. But like 
Um, here it's not like that. You know, Japan's very technical. You know, they have so much, so many steps and things that you have to take, and if you if you skip them, it's just the end, right? Um, so um, I had to kind of find. First, I I wanted to kind of figure out what was the aim, the overall like goal of the company. I think. Initially. Okay. And so we decided that it would be to well to kind of be like a bridge for um, you know Westerners who wanted to or just Western countries and things that want anime or kind mm -hmm. of want to develop animation and uh, you know but and they just don't know how so then we would um, here like you know we understand the the issues and problems and you know so then we can help them to to kind of help create what it is that they're envisioning you know in in the medium of anime. And um, and that's kind of what the that was our first kind of driving uh, goal, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and a lot of our clients, you know, they're like, okay, this is this is the thing. We don't know what to do. This is what we want to make. Can you do this? And we're like, yeah, we can do it for you guys. And, and try our try our best to make the processes, um, you know, as easy as possible. Mm -hmm. It's still it's still difficult, but you know, like we try our best to make it as easy as possible. And then um, and and then from there we would. Uh, um, once we decided what what our company, you know, kind of stood for, um, you know, or then we decided what like what, you know, you have to choose your logo and the name and things like that. And the the name of our company is Dare Stagio, mm -hmm. and um, so I used I used so of course like Day Art so or the art you know, um, because we're art studio mm -hmm. and then stagio is actually in japanese and it's kind of a play on a few words like stagio uh, stagio is the way that the japanese people say studio okay so it's like the art studio mm -hmm. they are stagio but um the reason we changed the few of the sounds to stagio is because we use the kanji actually and and from background painting staji means the base mm -hmm. okay and um the underpainting is staji and so we say stagio that way, so it's like the, the underpainting or the, the fundamentals, you know, of a studio. And our so our mantra is like, you know, um, staji ga daiji, which means, uh, um, you know, the base is important, you know, the fundamentals are important. And um, and then from there, once we decided what our, and then we, we were trying to figure out what our logo would be and we trying to figure out like, um, you know, what are our colors, like the, the kind of the basic things like that, right? You know, mm -hmm. just because, you know that people see those things, and then, of course, like that's just like the kind of—it's not superficial, but that's like the surface things, you know. And after we got the surface things done, then I had to kind of focus on the actual core of like what what is the company, you know, like, and then what are Japanese law, like, you know, so you know, accountants and kind of. I, so I interviewed a few different accountants and um, interviewed a few different lawyers and a few different, like, you know, just lots of different yeah. people who could give me insight on what it is that, that's needed to, to build a company and then and I wanted to make sure that we had um, you know that the people that, that I was kind of bringing on in the beginning really understood like uh, the things that I didn't know right like mm -hmm. you know and then so once I figured that all out um, you know going out to, to the different uh, um, I guess bureaus if that's necessary here, like you know, for taxes and things like mm -hmm. that. You do that, mm -hmm. and then yeah. So okay. once you found the place and you started officially, mm -hmm. um, what was that like? Like you know, you um, got a spot, um, and you guys decided, okay, we're gonna start, you know, building this company. Um, I guess 
we were kind of excited, you know, we were excited and we wanted to, uh, like, I, I like the city. I don't like to be in the countryside, so we were like, okay, we definitely, like, we were trying to figure out which area first, you know, that was kind of the interesting thing. We were like, okay, where should it be? Should it be Shinjuku? Should it be in Nakano? Should it be, you know, here and there? And then that, that was, that was interesting. That was, that was a little difficult, a little difficult because, of course, we're like foreigners, you mm-hmm. know, and trying to um, rent spaces when you're a foreigner in Japan. So this is the only American-owned Japanese anime studio uh, yeah. in Japan. That yes. is a major accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So talk to the people and tell them uh, what is so different about what you guys are bringing to the table. Okay. Yeah, so we're, we're the only American-owned anime studio. We're the first, first American-owned anime, um, anime studio in Japan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so something that's, that I think we do bring to the table to, this, to, the, to the industry is... I mean, there's there's so many people out there who who, who legitimately you know they have the budget, they uh, they understand this industry, they have the resources mm-hmm. and they have the story ideas and things, and they want to make an anime. Yeah. But it's just you know the large the the other studios that are out here, the Japanese studios mm-hmm. are pretty much inaccessible at, at times. You know they're very difficult to get in contact with. Okay. People can't speak Japanese. Um, you know, and then even if you can speak a little bit of Japanese, but then you don't know like the rest of the industry, right? How yeah. it works out here and to help you get your, your product made. So, you know, and that's kind of where we come in mm-hmm. you know, to, to kind of be that bridge. You know, of course we could speak English and if we if you're from another country, Spanish or something like that, or Indonesian or whatever, like we have people who can then, you know, help you out. And yeah. um, you know, so we try to uh, we can take we can take whatever it is that you want to make mm-hmm. and then give you like this really straightforward path. You know? Okay. So, like, and then, yeah, get you towards your product. So you guys are like the bridge between the West and the East, yeah, right? Yeah, so, so that's being what, a bridge between the West and the East. What are your ambitions or goals for the studio within the next, like, five years? So now our ambitions, our goals is, you know, I guess we're always constantly wanting to expand, become a much larger company. One of the main things, though, that we're really, really kind of pushing forward to is just, you know, having our... Uh, stories being told and being making much more, um, I guess, long form content that, okay. that people will enjoy, characters that people will enjoy, and um, you know, similar similar to you know some of the other big name titles that people are like, oh, I like this because I, and I like this character, you know. But we hope that people will be able to name our characters like that, you know. And you know, I love I love the doll, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like you know, I think that's kind of one of our goals is that that some of the characters that we've created, or we see them around people's t-shirts and, you know, that people really like them, you know, and people are just talking about them and become drawing a household, them. household name. Become a household yeah, yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. Just become a household name, yeah. Okay, so how would you describe your studio's style? Um, I think for our style, it's interesting because we're still, I think, in part, partially we're still kind of, self, like, discovering that. Mm-hmm. And um, because we work on a lot of commercial stuff, we don't really, like, we don't always use our own style, but um, but I think our style is a, is a of course it's anime like within anime medium, so we follow a lot of the, the, the kind of tropes and rules of anime. Mm-hmm. But um, and then with our we, we kind of tend towards more towards realism, I think. Okay. You know, we don't really do the kind of I don't know like the deformed characters and things. We don't really do that. We're more towards the um, more humanistic characters. 
things like that. So that's what you guys do differently? And um, I think something else that we do, well, I wouldn't say that's different because the, um, there are, I guess in anime medium, there's all different. Like, you know, you have the people who are realists, the studios that, like, IG does real realism, you know, and mm -hmm. the studio does, uh, I don't know, like, did I most like for, for this deformed characters for, uh, for kids. I think what we do differently, though, is just our way of storytelling. Of course, because we look at it from a Western point of view, and even our characters, you know, they're a little bit um, more international, I guess, and more diverse. You know, we love really having, like, uh, trying our best to get as close to, uh, you know, if we're, if we're animating for a specific culture, trying to get our characters really look like that, you know. And I think, and also just the way that we tell our stories, because we, we have our own, um, um, I guess, our, our own way of, of developing stories, which is a little yeah. different than in Japan. And so maybe those things will be different, I think. Mm. So tell me, like, what's a typical day like? Mm -hmm. You know, work, you come here at the studio, oh, okay. walk us through it. Um, so I think, uh, so, so particular day, like when I, when I come in, I you know, walk in the front door, take my shoes off, sit down <laughs> at my desk. Like, depending on the time that I enter the office, uh, I either check what everyone's working on, if there's things I need to um, uh, go over. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, then, then I look through my to-do list. You know, okay, what, what is our company's, what 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 projects we're working on at this moment? Go through those, and um, you know, then also I'm, I'm an art director as well. So then once once I've kind of gotten the schedules and like the the things that the CEO has to do, you know, send out my emails and things like that. Then I start drawing and painting. You know, okay, same thing, yeah. Okay, so you're hands-on as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Try to be. Who do you consider a mentor? Who would be a mentor to you um, or for you? So in Japan, one of my mentors is uh, Ishikawa-san, and he's the CEO of Production IG. Okay. And, um, and of course, for... So that would be my mentors, I guess, for the way that we're in our company. Mm -hmm. and so, I, you know, I meet with him um, often, and we just talk about things, and you know, ideologies and yeah. stuff like that. And then, of course, um, uh, Ogura-san. So we're, like now, you know, of course, I meet with him all the time, and we just kind of discuss the state of art, you know, and things like that, and like where, where our industry is going, and like what do we think about um, certain styles, and you know, and I, and I really, um, because that was the way I was raised in Japan, I guess, like um, through, through those studios, so through Production IG and, um, and, uh, like Ogura Kobo, mm -hmm. I guess. So those are the mentors that I have at this moment, I guess, yeah. Okay, what are some projects that you guys have worked on so far? Um, we worked on a lot of, lot of different things, you know. So for in-house productions, um, we, we work on a lot of independent comics mm -hmm. and a lot of commercials um, and a few music videos and things like that. And so we've worked on um, commercials for Adidas. We did a commercial for uh, Snipes, which is a clothing brand, I guess, in Europe, um, a popular clothing brand in Europe. We worked on a, a music anthology for Sturgill Simpson. Okay. He's a, um, a country artist mm -hmm. in Nashville, Tennessee. It's very amazing, like, you know, a very talented individual. He does, uh, because his, his music isn't, 
what you would think, like your stereotypical idea of country. Okay. And so we worked on an um, anthology for him, and it's a, it's a Netflix production. Okay. And it's going to be on Netflix on the 27th. Okay. And um, Of September? Of September, Okay. Yes. So, and we... Um, actually, our studio was in charge of two of the two of the music videos, so oh, nice. there um, total of ten. Mm -hmm. and so we did two of them. Do you know the and episodes? So will people know which one? So when they're going on Netflix, they can actually look out for it. When it's shown on Netflix, I think I believe it'll be all shown as one. Oh, as one. Film. Okay. Yeah. So okay. it's a one forty-five minute film, and then at the end, it kind of shows all the, the credits. Right? The credits. Okay. Okay. Um, and then on Sergio Simpson's, because the way that it is, is so on his album, then I think it'll be separated. Okay. But that, I'm not too sure. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah. So guys, look out for that. Do you have Netflix? I think y'all do, right? Yes, okay. So everyone watch Check Netflix. It, it should be pretty interesting. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like our, it's our studio's directorial debut on Netflix. You know? Nice. So, so tell me, like, what has your black experience been like in Japan? Uh, um, well... What's my experience been like in Japan? I don't know. Like I, I think it's been, you know, it's fun. It's interesting. It's, um, uh, Eye-opening in certain aspects, maybe. Um, I've, I've always kind of, when I when I came to Japan, like I, you know, I was teaching English and then into Japanese school, they entered a Japanese company, being mm -hmm. the only foreigner at that company, the only, it's not only the only foreigner, but of course now the only the black guy, you know, okay. kind of within that part of the animation industry. Mm -hmm. you know, there weren't a lot of foreigners in the background part of the animation industry. There were a few French and like, you know, Western or like Europeans and, but even then not that many, mm -hmm. the time that, we, that I came to Japan. So I was like the only black person, you know, and the only black American in Japanese animation industry. Okay. And, um, but I, I don't have any negative comments, actually. Okay. Like, you know, no, no negative feelings, like experiences. It was all very, and it's interesting because um, I, I, like most of my coworkers, you know, they, they, I don't even know if they noticed that I was like black in particular. It was, they were really just focused on my work. Okay. You know, what's wrong with you? It's not right. <laughs> it's not right. Do it over again. Do it over again. Right. It well, wasn't. that's good. Yeah, yeah. Which is and that and like and I think for the most part, most of my experience here was like that. Really, I mean, there is like outside of the NMA industry, um, you know, like walking on the street, I might have noticed a few things. Like you know, even teaching English, little kids like just cry as soon as they see you. Oh wow. You know, and like that. That that's like. But I don't know if it's because of black. I think it's just a big foreigner, right? But I don't know. Mm -hmm. But you know. And then you have the you have the little kids who ask you of like, oh, why is your skin color different? And that's interesting, you know. You find like interesting ways to explain it, and then afterwards it's like, cool, like we love you, you know. <laughs> kind yeah. of like they're just happy that they're you're their teacher, right? And then, um, yeah, like I and even in the Japanese animation industry, because I was kind of a big guy, you know, and so sometimes a lot bigger than you said, right? Yeah. So at that time I was I was I was much bigger, like a good like three. Three times bigger. Than yeah, in right terms now. of muscle, not yeah. fat. Yeah, 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 muscle, muscle mass. Okay. So I was just a really big guy. So, um, you know, whenever we would go to have our like um, finishing, what do you call them, like the production parties and mm -hmm. things like that, uh, most of the people would always confuse me with being like security. They would think I was security. <laughs> and then like, when it happened, I was like, no, you know, he's, he's paying this work up there, you know. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, but I guess that was more like just because I was just a big foreigner, though, you know. Yeah. So it's, it was been okay okay yeah. so even so what about the experience like you know like now running a company 
Is mm. there anything, it's the same thing that has continued? Um, the, are yeah, people taking like, them back or surprised? Like, oh, snap, you want to see that here? Like, what's that like? Um, so I think when people first meet, I mean, now, in, initially, I think it was kind of like that. Oh, but yeah, I'm a studio, like you're a foreigner, right? And then, um, like now, I obviously, like Japanese industry, people know us, like we work on lots of productions, lots of famous productions and things like that. It's, it's a little bit different. But initially, like they were, I think, they're wondering, can they take us serious, right? Okay, okay. these foreigners, like, are they really making anime, you know? But, um, but you know, they like the work that we do and like, you know, we know we've, we've been sticking through it and, you know, developed really good relationships with everyone. And um, they don't really do have- Do you allow the work to speak for itself? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, we have this kind of same work ethic, you know, working sometimes, like, I don't know. No sleep. Four hours straight, no <laughs> sleep, you know, just two days, three days, you know. <laughs> but, like, um, but, you know, that's that's interesting and fun. Funniest thing. I, I, I guess I have one funny story. Yeah. Um, it was when I, this was when I first got to Japan. Although I've had this experience quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was I'm kind of a big guy. You know, I'm not tall, I just wide maybe, I don't know. But um, and I was walking I was walking down a street and in Japan to try to deter people from uh, jaywalking, mm-hmm. they, you know, put railing or like they'll have concrete um, dividers or something like that, which yeah. is to, to separate the sidewalks from the street. Mm-hmm. And um, and you know they're they're very high. Like, you know, you have to kind of it's difficult to get over these these dividers, you know. But so I was walking down the street. I don't know. I was probably going to work or whatever. Night or day? Uh, it was day. It was okay. daytime, yeah. Really early. And uh, there was this old lady. She was walking towards me, you know, really slow with her, you know, she had a, <laughs> she had a walker on. So she's looking down at, at the ground. I remember the story? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. <laughs> and then she, you know, she, you know, so she's walking, she's walking. And then she just looks up, I guess, it's kind of. You know, ensure that she's still going to wherever she was going. And then when she she sees me, and then she just kind of like, like you know, like I like it was weird because I, I think she was trying to control her emotions, like you know, not to freak out or something, yeah. you know. So like where you can see that she's something was mentally breaking down, you know. She, so then she kind of goes and gets gets her stro- her walker over the bush, you she know, over the right. Too. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And then, and then she gets over over the the divider and I was just like into the road. Yeah, into the road. And I was like where where is she going? Where where are you going? Like don't get hit by a car. Like I was just, I just thought she was going to get hit by a car cuz these cars are going so fast, you know. And then you know she's she's in the divider. Oh my but then God. the funny thing that I thought was because, you know, whatever, if if I scared her or something that I felt sorry for that, right? I'm sorry mm-hmm. I scared her. But like the funniest thing to me was that you know, the sidewalk is a little bit higher than the street. So it was, I think it was easier for her to get over, but then she couldn't get back because now she's that much lower. You know? So the divider is really tall to her now. And so she, so she, couldn't, she couldn't get back over the divider. And obviously she's not going to take my help, right? To right. Get, so did so you then, approach her to be like, let me help you? No, no, no. no. I, was, I think I was still trying to figure out what she was doing. Like, I was just like, where are you going, like, lady? Where are you did going? Did she eventually got over? She couldn't. And so that was the funny thing because once she got on the other side of the divider, she couldn't get back over. Oh so she had God. to walk all the way uh. to the end of the, you know, to the end of the road. Or into the street. She had no reason to do that. Yeah, oh, yeah. You put yourself through that for no yeah, reason. Yeah, and she couldn't cross the street because this was a really wide street, wow. and like in the middle of the street was another divider. Yeah, and so and it was just the like cars just flying by. So there was so she was essentially just walking along the curb, you know, mm-hmm. like just on the, the side of the divider. Oh, man. 
Yeah, so I, I actually did. I watched her the whole time, though. I was, I was, I was wondering. How, I thought she was gonna like you know pull a Superman or something, fly yeah. back up. <laughs> she mows wow. you on down wow. all the way to the end. That Man. was that was pretty funny. That was that was funny. I would be dying. I'm sorry. Yeah. I find those things so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, was, that, was, that was crazy. So what about your hair? How do you get yeah. it done in Japan? Because I'm sure people ask you, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to do a shameless plug, not for me, but for the shop that I always go to. But um, So I've actually, I have, a, I guess, a funny story about this too. But when I first came to Japan, I tried to get my uh, my hair braided. And I found, I found this little shop. Japanese shop and they're like, oh yeah, we can braid your hair. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool, whatever. You know, are you sure you can do cornrows and things like that? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we can do it. And you know, I, I liked them. Like, I ended up, I went to that place maybe four or five times. Okay. You know, because we became friends. But like, uh, it took her. It would take her like six, seven hours to do like four braids, five braids in my hair, like forever. But wow. but you know, she tried and it was okay. They they were very really loose and big and messy. <laughs> but like, but you know, it was like, and so then after that, I was looking up to find a, a African-owned shop. Mm -hmm. It's called a Professional Braids Extension, so PBE, it's in Shinjuku. Okay. And since I found that place, like I've been going there now for like eight years now, and they're they're like the best. So I go there, it's like hour, hour and a half in the chair. It's like, boom, take it out, put it back in, whatever design I want, you know, it's smooth sailing. So if you're in Japan, you want to get braids, you want to get dreads, you do everything, extensions, PBE, professional braids and extensions, check it out. So talk about your your, uh, your staff a little bit. They were very diverse. Group. Yeah, yeah, like our staff, we have um, both Japanese and foreigners. And, um, and our foreigners are from all over, like, you know, from um, America and Indonesia. And uh, we had a we had one, foreign, one staff who was from Italy, but now she's, she's um, changed companies. Okay. But, um, and then, yeah, in, in Japanese. And, uh, and so it's interesting. We, have, we always have to try to, you know, make sure that everyone speaks in Japanese, you know, and um, try to uh, um, make it comfortable for everyone. Of course, it's a little, a little different, mm -hmm. like, because we're not like your, your stereotypical Japanese studio. And, and I think a lot of Japanese people, when they come here, they, they like that, right? They have the freedom to talk and, you know, participate. Like, we try to keep it open mm -hmm. and have everyone um, participate creatively in all of the productions. Do you have any advice for aspiring artists who are looking to get into Japanese animation? Um, I guess it's difficult. Okay, so I'll keep it kind of general, because, of course, with art, you should so once we're talking about art, get very serious. But like, like once, like with all art, you should of course just be dedicated to your craft and practice. Like it doesn't matter. Like if you're not a good artist in America, then you should you know then don't expect to find work here. Okay. So definitely dedicate yourself to your craft. But that's 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 kind of uh, that's for anything. That's a prerequisite, right? Mm -hmm. So so as long as you're a good artist and you you know you work really hard. Um, I would say generally in Japan, you have to be able to speak Japanese. Okay. Right? I mean, you can, you can work if you want to work here in, in Japan. Like if you want to work from overseas, occasionally you can kind of jump on productions and things like that. You know, you can get, um, sometimes you, know, you, can get a, you can get a little bit of work. But if you actually want to move here, you want to work in this industry, seriously, I say like study Japanese, um, study the, the techniques and the um, the types of ways that they that they draw in Japan, 
because it's different. You know, for example, if you wanted to work for Disney, you would kind of draw like, Disney style characters, right? Yeah. And then, um, you know, so the same, depending on where you want to work out here, kind of um, study that. And then, um, yeah, that's it really. Like, just, just be good at your craft. Um, if you want to be a character animator, really good with an anatomy, um, movement, mm -hmm. timing. Um, if you want to be a background artist, um, just, you know, be really good at uh, color, understanding color, um, perspective, and um, composition. It's really important. So do they come to Japan and send out the resume, or do they send the resumes from overseas, like, if they want to work in Japan? Would you advise them to maybe try it your way, or maybe not your way? Yeah, I wouldn't. Well, <laughs> it, now, like, it's, it's crazy because, it, you know, now I've been here for 14 and a half years, you know, mm -hmm. for a little over 14 years, so the industry and everything's changed, right? And so probably if you tried it my way, I don't know how successful that would be because, mm -hmm. like, a lot of companies now really require you to have a visa before you get here. Um, but... Um, I don't know if you would be able to get a job here if you sent your resume from overseas. Okay. Yeah, like I think you do need to be here, right? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so if you wanted to work at the Japanese Animation Studio, if you want to work at our studio, if you want to work at our studio, you can actually probably send your resume from overseas. <laughs> but like, um, because we're obviously open to hiring foreigners. But, um, but it's best if you're actually in Japan. So I'd say, you know, do your research about which area. Mainly, all all animation studios are in Tokyo. Mm -hmm. So you know, come to Tokyo. You know, find a place to live, and then um, you know, once you've kind of gotten that figured out, then send out your resumes. And depending on your resume and your portfolio, you know, we'll look through it. And if it's good, then maybe we'll have call it out for an interview, right? And mm -hmm. I think most studios are like that. Mm -hmm. So how can people get in touch with you if they want to work with you in terms of to get you guys to do a project and stuff like that? Um, so may, for the most part, we, we have our website. And so everyone, you know, we advise that you kind of go on our website, which is uh, theartstagio.com. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a contact form there. And you can kind of just submit whatever, like, you know, your your inquiry, your production inquiry. Okay. If, if you have an idea, I mean, if you, you know, you have a production that you need an animation studio for or something like that. And then we'll, um, our um, business development person will kind of reach out to them and, and kind of go from there. Mm -hmm. um, some, that's the way that we kind of recommend everyone to do. Okay. You know, like non-solicited uh, emails and project ideas and things like that. We don't look through those things. Okay. So, so through the website. That's yeah, the way, right? Yeah, definitely. Please okay. use our website. How can the community support you? Like if people are watching right now, how can they support your studio? Um, so if you're watching and you want to support us, well, definitely, of course, follow us. Like, you know, I think right now on our Instagram, we only have like I don't know, three thousand followers or something like that, maybe. Okay. So you guys gotta help us get help us get to like a million. <laughs> okay. So everybody, okay. everybody, go to our Day Art Instagram and Twitter, mm -hmm. and just click follow, like, follow, like, follow, like, and Facebook. Okay, so it's the same name right across, right? Yeah, same name. If you go on Facebook, if you type in Dare Stagio, if you go to Instagram, you type in Dare Stagio, and Twitter, Dare Stagio, mm -hmm. it's all the same. Will pop up, and um, follow, like, follow, like, not just like. 
follow, like? That's one, right? So please follow us. That mm -hmm. really, really appreciate. And we are, we always comment and talk if you guys send us direct messages and things like that. We try our best to um, always respond. And mm -hmm. we have our Facebook page, which is pretty cool. We have an art community there, and um, people post their artwork and. People, uh, you know, we, um, and sometimes we won't directly comment all the time, but because it's a big group now, so mm -hmm. other animators will look at it and other illustrators look at it and comment and things like that. And, um, you know, so you can get, we, we always post uh, uh, advice on there. And oh. stuff like that. So please, please do that. Um, so, yeah. And then another thing is, um, another way the community can help us is, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, people in our community that we want, to work with. Okay. Will Smith, if you're watching, you know, the Smith family, um, 50 Cent, really like some of your some of your ideas, man. They're really good. Um, you know, and, and there's there's more. So, you know, um, Ava DuVernay, you know, if you guys are watching, send us a message, man. You know, we, we really want to kind of, uh, you know, just make, we just want to make content and kind of put our heads together with some, you know, People who have good ideas, I guess, creative, creative forces in our community and every other community as well. So when everything seems to be going wrong, like, you know, those days, because life is up and down, as we know, right? Yeah. Uh, you got winter and summer in life. So when everything seems to be going wrong, yeah. like, what do you do? Like, how do you, like, mm, calm yourself down and find a solution? Uh, well, I think I've always kind of been like this where I don't really get super um like i do i do i mean i get stressed like everybody does right you have your anxieties and things but i deal with it in a different way because i'm not like so I, don't, I guess i'm kind of really introverted in that sense okay you know? and so like i'm really good at like kind of keeping my emotions in check and things like that and so i don't i don't like get super frustrated i'm just screaming like oh my god i'm gonna pull my hair out mm -hmm. so i'd say you know just trying to find your like kind of em your emotional center mm -hmm. is important you know they try to uh but you know but everyone is their own person so if, even if you are like this person freaks out and stuff like that and that's probably fine and then you know but that kind of helps me right so i don't let things affect me internally so much mm -hmm. and then because of that it allows me to kind of be like eternally optimistic you know <laughs> i'm just kind of like it, it'll work out, you know, and like, and no matter how, how difficult and things, like, of course, I, I don't just sit there and say, hey, it's going to work out. Like, you know, then you, you, you take steps. Yeah. But like, you can take them assuredly, like, you know, assured because you're like, you know, no matter what I do, I just know that it, um, it, it'll work out for the best. Mm -hmm. And I try to just stay that way. Like, you know, there's that whole, uh, you know, you should speak things that you want to, to come into existence and things like that. And, um, and I, I really do believe that, you know, so tr if you, so I try to, I'd say just stay optimistic no matter how, when it's really hard and, you know, lots of, of course, starting a company in another country, there's lots and lots of, you know, walls that we run into and hit and, you know, not only just the basics of just business, you mm -hmm. know, but then just uh, add it on compound that, you know, that with uh, being in another country, being a foreigner, being black, you know, uh, you know, there's there's a you know a lot that you have to kind of deal with, mm -hmm. and so I try to just like um, not let it affect me. And then when something happens, I just say, okay, I'm sure there's a solution because there's always a solution for every problem. There's always a solution, 
you just have to uh, open yourself up to find it, you know, mm -hmm. and then to figure it out. And you know, it's not. Then it doesn't mean that every problem or every uh, everything works out 100% a okay. That that's that's not that that's not reality. Mm -hmm. But but there is always a solution. And, and then you you're like, okay, cool. Like this didn't get. I didn't get exactly what I wanted. I didn't do exactly what I wanted to do. This wasn't the result that I totally wanted. But it's still a result nonetheless. And I was able to get over this wall. Now let me try, you know, so then I, then I, and that's something I always tell myself, okay, I learned a lot. So everything that I learned now, let me try to take this and apply it to the next thing so I don't make the same mistakes. And I think because of that, I'm like, okay, there's always going to be a next time. Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's just things that I tell myself and that's kind of what kind of keeps me going forward, right? And like, whatever, there's, there's going to be a next time and I just won't make those mistakes again. Um, you know, I have to accept this, you know, and then, you know, let's, let's see what's next kind of thing, you know. And then that's kind of what I do. Thank you so much for watching. You guys know how it is. If you like this video, please give it a big thumbs up. And remember to subscribe to the channel for weekly videos on the black experience across the globe. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you so much for watching. If you would like to share your story or have us visit your region, send us a message on any of our social media platforms or via our website. That's good.